Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, Ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. We want to thank them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Mark. Nice to see you. We've got a great show today. Thank goodness, because all these other shows have just been okay great, and I want really great. We're going to go for extra great. We've got Bryce Eddy, who's the Senior Vice President of Employee Benefits at Tolman Weicker. Hello, Bryce. Hey, good morning. How are you? You said fantastic, and I'm not sure you know earlier if I agree with that. We're not that fascinating or fantastic. You'll but, get there. You know, hey. You'll get, by, the end of the, by the end of 45 minutes. We'll get it's, rolling. It's called endowment, and we are going You are <laughs> fascinating. Right. We have endowed you with superpowers today. I love it. So and I've got Ryan Turnbull, who's the wellness practice leader. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Good morning. Thank you very much. There we go. So we're going to talk about wellness today and wellness in a context of business. So our listener is um, mostly here, living here in the 805, but we've got a lot of listeners all over the world in Finland and Bolivia and Venezuela, all over. And the role of fitness in business is really interesting to us. We've, we've talked about that a lot on the show, but we've not talked about it in the context that you think about it all day, mm -hmm. every day. So in reading your materials, it's, you say that the why of wellness is to minimize risk and reduce insurance costs. So I get that. On a given day, I'm, I'm actually one of your customers. So how would you talk to me about wellness as a business? Where do you, where do you start that conversation? Look, I, I always start it with the insurance business in general. Um, you know, it's no secret right now that if you look at the healthcare premium dollar, 85 cents out of every dollar is the claim side of the equation. And if you look at claims and you're to analyze kind of what goes on there with respect to medical insurance, 70% of all claims are lifestyle-based chronic conditions. That's where we're spending our money. Huh. So if you can reduce claims, you know, I mean, that's really going to be um, the best way to actually reduce your premiums. So if we can focus on getting people to just make better decisions with their health, then obviously that's where we're going to have the biggest bang for our buck. The um, industry and, and media like to... Um, I don't know, point the finger at the insurance carriers, which, of course, we've got a lot of problems there and fraud, waste, and abuse and everything that's going on. But if we're paying attention only to that admin side of it, which is that 15 cents, then right. we're remiss in our duties. So you're looking – it's interesting because I don't think of an insurance company as paying attention to that. Do, is this a standard in the industry to pay attention to wellness? Or is this something unique to what you're doing? I think I think it's very much becoming the standard. It's uh, most of our clients are either looking to implement a well, good wellness program or they're struggling to improve an already existing wellness program, and it's it's very much commonplace these days. And employees are expecting it, and so what we're doing mm. is trying to help them deliver something of value to employees. I think when we started, it wasn't commonplace, mm -hmm. but now people, because of that, just continued upward pressure. Everybody's freaking out, so they're looking at solutions all over the place. So now they're paying attention to what you know we've been saying for years and, and what the insurance carriers have been saying uh, as well, because you're a you're more profitable to them if you're actually experiencing lower claims at the end of the day, too. Is So 
is wellness defined just as physical fitness? No, it is not. It's it's actually a, a very, uh, you know, a poor term to use, use these days because it's 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 kind of gotten focused on that. The reality of of it is, um, employees are expecting and and looking for things beyond the physical wellness. It is important to um, have healthier behaviors so we can control that healthcare cost curve. Um, but the reality today, it's a, it's about attracting and retaining good employees, and, and um, in that, wellness is so much more broad. Yeah, I think uh, Ryan's being nice. I think it's a lousy and terrible term that means <laughs> so much and then means mm. nothing simultaneously. Mm. It's what I do, so I... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very diplomatic, you know. I'm the mean one. Um, if this weren't a family show, I'd be, you know, saying it in other terms. But um, with that, I think that we... Um, you know, we're seeing a, a dynamic shift, certainly, to where people are recognizing that wellness isn't just physical fitness. Um, you know, it, it means stress management, it, uh, which would include things like financial wellness, all these sort of things that create a, a pressure mm, in people's mm, lives mm. that then translate into their health. And so we're looking at it far more holistically and looking at it more as employee engagement as a whole and that's where we're finding the most traction and our champion clients are those that are embracing the idea of how do we get people operating on all cylinders how do we create a work environment where people know that they're appreciated where we're helping them to manage their health manage their stress create an environment that they want to come to work you know you're going to get better employees doing that so this isn't something I, again, normally think of with that the insurance company helps me figure out. And so as a small, most of our listeners, the listener is probably running a small business. Mm -hmm. And they're, they don't really understand all of that. So how do you help exactly? What, what do you do specifically? Do you come in and design a program for them? We do. We do. And it means, oh. it means different things to different people. What, what, often the misconception is that we are a wellness vendor. We're not. We're insurance brokers right. who do a fantastic job designing customized wellness programs to our clients. Okay. And, and in that, um, you know, it means different things to different people. And that is an extremely important statement because uh, what we don't do versus what a lot of the wellness vendors will try and do is sell you uh, kind of a one-size-fits-all solution um, and claim to, you know, increase everybody's awareness and, and activity in healthy behaviors. Um, what we're doing is helping guide our clients through that maze of wellness vendors who are trying to sell solutions and understand truly what are the unique needs of employees and what are they going to want and use and what are they going what are what can we deliver to truly engage them and until we've done that investigation phase which is a core component in our process of designing a good wellness program we really can't we can't rec make recommendations so we guide them through a process to truly understand um, what's going to work at their organization and then help uh, design that that wellness program or engagement program that's going to truly deliver value to employees and kind of connect the dots and point them in the right direction with the best uh, best practice vendors who can deliver that to them effectively. You were talking about wellness vendors and then I'm thinking about wellness. We, we do this thing called the Whole Life Challenge. It just actually started a week ago. There's probably 20,000 people worldwide doing this challenge and there's a nutrition component, a fitness component, and then a a wellness component, which is the, all the things that are not fitness and nutrition. Right. You know, it might be um, 
meditation, it might be writing, it might be the random act of kindness that you do that mm -hmm. day, all of those things to reduce stress. So there's really three legs to that stool. How could the, the word wellness vendor got me? I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. How, how could someone, one company, deliver uh, fitness and nutrition and mindfulness? Is that even possible? Well, it's not entirely possible, which is why what we do is important. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we're risk managers, right? And so we're right. coming in. We have, right. a, we have an end result. We have a goal. And that goal is, you know, we want to see, um, you know, people making better health decisions along the entire spectrum of health. Yep. Okay. So everything included. So what we're doing is we're going in there and creating something that's culturally rooted, culturally centered within that organization and the way that they work and the way that they do things. And the very first part of what we do is go and ask people what they want. So we'll spend time interviewing employees, interviewing, you know, either a subset of the employees, depending on the organization, we'll sprinkle it through. Sure. So we get a good, you know, kind of a cross section of, of what that company's like, who those people are. And then we'll move down the path of figuring out what's going to fit for them. The reason we separate what we do from wellness vendors is we're not selling a product. Right, right. Yeah, it, it, you know, we're, we're, we're really just bringing our expertise to the table, for, you know. Um, for lack of a better uh, analogy, we're the quarterbacks behind the scene that mm. are helping them, you know, truly design something that's going to be meaningful, um, you know, and then pointing them in the right direction and setting the plays up. So, so have you built an alliance of providers in the region? Because I know, I mean, you're the largest insurance company in the region. Right. Been around longer than anyone else 93 years exactly i know i'm looking for, uh, seven years we'll have that big party yeah that's right party. that's right um, we'll, we'll give you an wait. invite yeah. we look you. great for 93 it's in too. it's in my it's in my calendar now um so do you have relationships with uh, with the i'm mean, thinking of fitness coaches and nutrition coaches and life coaches yes, and yes, that kind of thing we that's, do and, and we do have wellness vendors that we deploy depending on on what's needed so if we're doing you know an awareness moment for employees and we want to do some biometric testing so they know their up, numbers sorry. what's an awareness moment well, we play something called buzzword bingo <laughs> on the show and so if there's do a I get word a buzz? Yeah, uh, well if i don't understand it then the chances our listener doesn't understand it and because we have finnish listeners as well what is <laughs> You're uh, really we do stuck on finland <laughs> we're very big in finland very we are finland. we've got seven listeners that's good well we do have to play to that uh, i want that them demo to send, send me a postcard what is an what is that awareness well, moment you know here's what happens is that uh, the the typical employee or the typical American consumer or American individual um, wakes up every morning kind of in denial of their the status of their health right there are many people that are on the forefront they know exactly what their uh, their blood pressure is their glucose levels whether they're at risk for diabetes whether they're overweight or not um, and so you know a lot of corporations and, and our clients will use a biometric screening which is a quick finger prick, a quick step on the scale, a quick blood pressure reading mm -hmm. to deliver uh, employees kind of their core metrics of health so that they can identify what their health risks are. And that in itself is that awareness moment, uh, you know, with respect to biometric screenings mm -hmm. that Bryce mm -hmm. speaks of. And um, w when we do that for employees and then couple it with, uh, you know, a health educator, a registered dietitian, a nurse that can explain that to them and help them set up a plan mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. improved health, uh, that is that awareness moment and, you know, kind of pointing them in the right direction to achieve their health goals. There's a company called 23andMe. 
I met through the TED organization, and they did a swab, and then uh, did the di- the DNA testing, and told me where you came from, and yeah, the whole thing. Well, from and what Finland I what I'm <laughs> I'm extra not from yeah. Finland, <laughs> and I'm I'm curious, is there um in, and I'm I want to get into life hacking as well because I think the whole biometric thing is there's life hacking. Well, you're and, talking my language. Yeah, I'm yeah into so that this, stuff. Uh, exactly right. Is there some ethical question if in that biometric sensing I swab them and is because I'm to me it doesn't matter but I'm sure you've got it there's a lot of rules around that kind of stuff and can a company do a company sponsored swab and we find out because uh, now we're into HIPAA compliance and sure. we just found out oh I'm gonna, prone to some kind of disease and now I'm going to start working that employee out so did I take us down a weird path, or is that no? A I love it. Uh, okay. No, no. I think that's a great question. So first, you know what what we're doing these days is for the employees themselves. So the data is being shared with them. Um, mm. The insurance carrier mm. already knows your stuff, so uh, we're not worried about that. Now, from an employer's perspective, the employer only gets data in aggregate, meaning that it might show that in your employee population. Uh, you know, high blood pressure is an issue. Well, we already get a lot of those claims data and things like that anyway, but it allows us to pinpoint where maybe we can do some campaigns to educate people, to encourage them to to make, uh, you know, better life choices, or here's how to manage You're not looking to exclude particular No, not at all. I mean, you certainly can't do that now legally, and you can't share all of the detailed data on an individual with an employer, so you don't, you know, you don't run afoul of those things. Right, because that's the big big concern, nervousness about a large institution like like an insurance agency. Like, well, what what are they going to do to then eliminate my ability to move forward right you know like that's right. the fear that, that you're I'm sure you're combating sure but they've always had that information and always had that ability so people to think oh no the insurance carrier is going to have this well they get all of the detailed data every time you go to the doctor they've got they're paying your claims they see everything that's going on with you and I think that really goes back to that awareness moment. That's really what the purpose of a screening is. For those employers who are doing screenings, the reason is is to give that employee that eye-opening moment. Holy cow, I didn't realize I was obese. I knew it every day, but no, you know, until this moment, I didn't, I'm not going to do anything about it, but now I I thought it was some other part of the 60% of adults. Yeah, Yeah, well, listen, people are like frogs in the, you know, the boiling Um, pot, right? right? Yeah. So over time, they're saying, hey, I feel okay. They're not necessarily going into the doctor. I look we like still my have, dad. It's yeah, fine. you know, I'm okay. Yeah, maybe I'm carrying a couple of pounds or whatever. And then they actually end up having their all of their markers checked. And it's like, wow, you're you're out of whack. You know, and then and then that what we're hoping to is to follow up with some coaching and some some resources for them to, to you know, make some changes. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point is that Biometrics, uh, biometric screenings, having that awareness moment for employees is probably the most common thing that you see in wellness programs. That's what employers are doing very well in delivering that. But what a lot of employers are doing poorly is the next step in that process. Which so, is well, now I know my now I know that I'm at risk at certain things. What do I do if I'm just what? left to my own accord? This um, I, this was me left to my yeah, own accord. Yeah, right? yeah. A- a- and we do very little with it, much of us. But um, what we're truly good at is taking that next level and building that. Um, that component of the wellness program, um, which delivers a variety of tools and services, educational ex- opportunities, experiences, um, that really defines the culture of wellness. And regardless of who you are or what your interests are, there's something there that appeals to you that can help you live a healthier lifestyle. 
and then making sure it's sticky and connected into well, and the, sustainable, the community yeah. and the yeah. culture of the organization. That's really the key because if you don't have that as an identity, then you know it doesn't work. So how do we create a, an organizational identity yeah. surrounding it's, health? One of the most interesting things that um, people fail uh, to understand, employers fail to understand, is that any single thing we bring to employees as part of the wellness program, if it's not heavily incentivized or required, it's only going to appeal to probably less than a third of the population. So in order to reach everybody, number one, you need to truly understand what their interests and needs are. And then you have to deliver a wellness program that has a variety of spokes in the wheel, so to speak, so that there's something in there for everybody, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of ethnicity. We're all going to have different different interests and opinions. And, we, and a well-rounded wellness program will have something for all of those people. You guys sound like a very um, contemporary insurance. You, you you seem like a contemporary insurance guys. Like this this seems like not the insurance company you maybe started in. Like this, We're but this very cool for ninety three years old. Well, that's know? what that's what I mean. Is like ninety three years ago, the insurance company that was founded, uh, their mission, goal, and way in which they executed their their you know their their business was very different. Had to have been very different than what you guys are doing. And what you guys are describing is a very um, you know, thoughtful, intuitive, um, you know, way where you're really reaching into your, your, the people you're working with and, and trying to help. I mean, where does that, you know, altruistic uh, idea come from? Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's, it's altruistic. Not, I was just going to say, I don't think I, it's altruistic. You're redu- you want to reduce claims. You said 85 certainly. cents of that dollar goes to the claim. No, but, but you, you are a company that's identifying that you have a value system that makes you a much more uh, yeah. attractive company yes. to work with. And yeah. that's through caring about people. And I yeah. appreciate that. Uh, but I would say it comes from my personal aggravation. You know, you mm. watch what's going on with our culture. You're, yeah. You watched with the recent, you know, law that was passed, you know, ACA, the Affordable Care Act, which is, you know, what a misnomer. Um, but you look at that, and what they did was double down on all of the things that have caused the problem in the first place. Hmm. For instance, what they've done is they, they created if, – if you have a third-party payer, okay, somebody else is paying the bill, it's a host versus a no-host bar at a wedding. People just consume more. And that was the problem oh, that we've had for a very it. long time. Somebody else is paying the bill, yeah. and so the choices that I make don't really matter. Okay, at the end of the day, somebody else is going to pay the bill. Somebody else is going to help me support my chronic conditions over time. Things that used to, you either got better or you died. Now we can string out forever. And what the Affordable Care Act did was double down on all that stuff by now making so many things paid at now 100% to where you don't even have a copay to go in for basic things. Well, that continues to perpetuate the whole problem that we Mm -hmm. had. Mm -hmm. All of us need skin in the game. All of us need to identify and recognize that we have to make better choices. We do that in every other area of life except for health care here in this country. Mm -hmm. I'm going to switch a little bit. We, you talk, we started by saying lifestyle-based chronic conditions. And I'm the, the different types of businesses we have in the region, there's a huge startup and entrepreneur community. It's just growing crazy. Very, very high stress. Hmm. Like, very high stress. Is that, I'm going to guess, is that the, one of the number one things you look at to try to help fund general wellness? How do people deal with stress? It is, but it is also a tough topic to tackle directly. So, Mm. you know, I think what we're doing is uh, we're seeing a reduction in stress by providing a better, you know, 
work-life balance, quality life at work, providing um, you know opportunities to be involved in at no cost to you as an employee. Um, opportunities to be involved in fitness. We have a lot of classes we're doing, or a lot of clients we're doing on-site fitness classes, on-site yoga classes, on-site meditation opportunities, um, a meditation or quiet room that someone can take a break, offering complimentary massage to employees, offering, you know, opportunities to just get involved in anything that's important to you that can help reduce stress. And that's both work-related stress, financial-related stress, um, life event related stress counseling opportunities so on and so forth so as as soon as you said all that i thought of the googleplex and having come from <laughs> technology and and we're in the tech business we're kind of known for the the amenities would you say that there's one industry that's doing a better job we've got well 85 pockets 35 big pockets and economic clusters within the region is there one group that's doing it better that we could look at and learn from yeah certainly and i think you you hit technology there and and certainly i think whether it's the nature of people who are in the technology business or the fact that it is you know young and it's got a little bit more of a progressive vibe you've got people that are more willing to look at things you mentioned biohacking early you got mm -hmm. people who are interested in like the technology of the human body, so sure, you get sure, so sure. you get a little bit more of that like cool factor, and people are into you know trying new things and doing stuff. I mean, uh, plus we're we're in this amazing time and age where you have all this technology that oh can help gosh. you in yeah. a really good way. I mean, we're not big on. Um, you know, online, uh, you know, informational stuff, but you've things, you know, you mentioned meditation earlier, the yeah. Headspace app, <laughs> you know, we've been doing nothing but talk about this thing. Well, we so, talk about yeah. it a lot. Well, so that <laughs> was something that we, we ended up uh, introducing in one of our clients and it was a technology client, the idea of doing a, a little Headspace, that 10 day, 10 minute a day competition, yep. you know, yep. and, and we, yep. we created a widespread campaign and yep. then you know, there are people that will carry on that discipline and continue because they saw the effect of that. All we need to do is get, you know, a, a small part of the population to make a few changes here and there. And if you are doing unique and interesting things all the time to do that, then you start reaching so many people, as Ryan said, that will adopt certain things and then carry them on through their life. And then you've made some big change eventually. I've got so many. <laughs> I, I, this is why I'm glad you guys are here. Pandora's I, box, well, there's, yeah. I, I, wellness is so important, and sustainability, and and being able to, you know, uh, starting up a business is a it's a you know it's a sprint that turns into a marathon, and you've got to have the stamina and, and wellness, and all of that is a big part of it. So let's take the non-tech CEO who should be doing these things but sees it either as a distraction or a cost center or it's no no i'm not gonna do anything i mean i can imagine the conversations you have what what actually convinces them that this needs to be a priority for them as the ceo not pass it off to hr but as a ceo who's got a broad view how do you make that case to them that kind of you, you know when you say this you're going to win you know, you have a couple of case studies in front of you, and, the, and we've proven it time and time again. Number one, um, we are seeing direct cost savings to the bottom line of your healthcare costs. We're seeing, you know, companies that are spending $10 million annually and increasing, you know, 10 to 15%, something that's clearly unsustainable. Um, we're seeing uh, control over that. So there is a financial case study that exists for the CEO. But it also, you know, is a commitment to attracting and retaining good employees right. because um, – 
it's tough to find that good employee that's not going to jump around these days and where you can make that experience um, positive for employees, we are seeing a, a huge benefit in terms of um, what employees are telling us as to why they're staying at an employer long term. Yeah. I, if you look at this, though, too, it's funny because the CEOs are actually the easier ones to win the argument with because there is a business mm, case to mm, make. Mm. Um, it's generally finance that, you know, HR always <laughs> oh, wants to do everything yeah. for their employees, sure, you know, yeah. so they're, they're interested. And if they've got somebody like us to do the work, they're especially interested because HR, everything, everything that nobody knows where to fit falls to HR. Yep. Yes. So, you know, they're always overwhelmed. But if we can come in and do it, they're they're game. But then it's finance that will end up, you know, kind of blocking it and saying, oh, why are we going to do this? So we're pretty good at making the business argument, and it makes sense. Um, so we've got a process that we kind of go through to get executive buy-in because leadership buy-in is what ultimately will make that cultural shift and make these things successful. Yeah, but one of the things that we're really good at is getting the wellness program paid for. So carriers who work with huh. Tolman and Weicker, they know the model that we bring to our, our good clients that are, are trying to truly make an investment in wellness. So um, on nearly every single client that's truly making an investment, we're getting the carriers to fund the wellness program, if not really? in full, in or part. a portion of it. Yeah. And, sure, sure. and, you know, we're, we're asking them to put their money where their mouth is. And the insurance carriers themselves don't do a very good job of doing this because, again, they've got that product sales mentality. Right. Oh, we need to create a product. And what we're doing is very customized. And a lot of the things that we're doing are very inexpensive. You know, I mentioned the Headspace app a moment mm -hmm. ago. Sure. That, that was 100% free. It was just us creating a campaign to get people to participate just in programming. it. Just programming. It's just changing the culture it. inside of understanding what to do. Yeah. That's it. So sustainability was another thing I wanted to go on because you can... You can do these kickstart challenges, like we're big on challenge. Like we do something for eight weeks, the chances are I'm going to continue doing that. So if I want to actually make an effective change within the company, what are you seeing as effective engagement techniques that keep the sustainability going? Uh, you know, <clears throat> as the practitioner who's helping clients put these programs in place, um, this six to eight week challenges, they are nice to have fun, but the reality is it's building a program that offers consistency for an employee, right? So having mm. something that, you know, mm. if we're, you know, if nutrition is important to us, um, you know, having that eye opening awareness moment that we spoke of, but then what's the model after that? Do we have a nutritionist on site that people can speak with, you know, on a regular basis here, weekly, here, monthly, here, full time as a resource to employees. It's a checkpoint. We're building good plans. We're educating ourselves. We're building relationships with an individual that can help us and having an ongoing point of accountability. So that's really what I think the magic, you know, key to success is, is, um, designing a plan that has the resources that are valuable to employees and building consist a consistent schedule around it so that, you know, it's, it's, it's a factor of our culture. There is something here for you at any given time to help assist you. And we've, we're doing that for clients and we're doing it in an affordable manner and delivering the services to employees. So what do you, I'm sorry. You'd... No, I was just going to say then at the same time, you do have these ongoing rotational campaigns and new things that we're going to, you know, throw in sure. to keep things We all have ADD pretty bad. So Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I'm talking to one right here. So, no, you know, you've I, got no, exactly. to, yeah, you've got to kind of keep things fresh and keep things going. Otherwise, it will eventually die on the vine. Um, but if you're if you're doing it consistent enough, then, you know, you'll have some excitement always kind of bubbling up. What, what about the... Um, 
So you've got this this uh, this employee who's getting up every day and and not identify. You're, you're having this awareness moment where you're trying to like open their eyes and, sure. and get them to understand this. But but what about what what do you do? Not what about what do you do uh, when you come up against kind of a um, I don't know a standard group that that standard employee who's just like I'm not going to have you telling me right. how to run my life. Right. What are the what are the tactics for like uh, you know going you know past just like well hey you're fat turns yeah. out and uh, you know and then it's like wait I didn't I don't want to be fat and how dare you tell me I'm fat so now what yeah you know one of our most effective programs that we've had to tackle that specific employee is our wellness ambassador program oh. and it's uh, huh. it's been a very unique way to target those individuals that um, you know just may not have the wherewithal they may have their guard up they may not have they just don't feel that they fit into the typical wellness program yeah, and so the, the way that that works, and this was a perfect example of something that came out of a committee of employees th- saying, hey, how about we do this? So mm-hmm. they came up with the idea of let's have a little, uh, you know, essay campaign, you know, so people will write in and say, hey, I need to change my life and here's why. And then, you know, you'll, you'll get some of these really tear-jerking sure. stories, you, sure. know, um, you know, the doctor says I'm going to die if I'm moving down this thing and I want to be around for my kids and yada, 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 you know, and then you end up picking throughout the organization a few of these people that are willing to chart their progress publicly mm-hmm. or willing to you know have some public accountability and say hey you know here's what i'm doing and here's what my goals are and it could be things surrounding obesity and generally it is but it could be i, I used to run marathons in college and i want to get back to it you're also a martial artist um, yeah, you know, well, I, I do a lot of stuff. I'm a man yeah. of a thousand hobbies. Too. There you go. I love it. And a bit of a fitness geek. But with that, you know, you, you come up with this campaign that's following a particular individual that wants to do something and change their life. What happens is you, you know, put additional resources into them, you know, so you'll get coaching, you'll hire a personal, you know, coach or nutritionist or trainer or whatever it is for that individual. And then, the the byproduct of that is that the people around them change. Mm-hmm. So the people that are mm-hmm. you know sitting in the cubicle next to them mm-hmm. or the office next to them will uh, you know go to lunch with them and make better decisions themselves. To what support. no donuts today? Right. You know they'll stop a lot of those behaviors right. that are negative around that person, right. and then everybody kinds of uh, changes their lives. Yeah. And so that's it's been very effective. Do you have us. a great? Tell us a story. We of, do. Uh, was, tra- give me a transformation story. Yeah. You know we've had someone. Um, a few people, but like there's someone that sticks out of my mind that um, they were selected to be part of the uh, this uh, wellness ambassador program. So um, the, it was a major weight loss issue. They they were significantly over, overweight and obese, and as part of this process, uh, we were able to provide them with the resources they needed to achieve their goals and the support system. So we hired a personal trainer for them hmm. um, for a six-month period. And That's nutrition, a long no, commitment. It, wow. it was. And there was you know, no we, cost to? No cost to the employee. But, um, you know, listen, we've got great personal trainer partners. And sure. with that type of level of commitment, we get great prices. I mean, okay, you know, personal trainers need business and we can negotiate a good price given the, the right opportunity. So that's important for our clients. So we did this in a cost-effective manner. So they, they received the training, that, that fitness opportunity that they maybe were just kind of too timid to do on their own, mm-hmm. quite frankly, or certainly couldn't afford it. Mm. So we're eliminating that barrier. 
We got them a nutrition coach, okay? So that person, someone they could check in with, understand the changes that they need to make in their life. We took them on a grocery shopping tour. Mm. Here's how to mm. shop mm. healthy. Mm. And we gave them cooking classes, healthy cooking classes. Here's wow. how to start to transform one per- your life. All of this for one Correct. person? Correct. Well, and if you look at this in an organization, you get such a profound effect, like I said, with all the people right. around them. You get all right. this like social pressure, this, uh, this whole kind of thing that happens, you know, in the kind of grassroots of an organization. Um, so you're you're actually spending very little because you're looking at this in this you know whole yeah, you're big effect that's so many. happening. So you may spend a few thousand dollars on one individual, but it's far less than providing um, you know Starbucks gift certificates to people mm-hmm. who filled out an online questionnaire, which is what a lot of people are doing, and they'll spend forty grand on doing something that's on meaningless. Yeah. Right? You know, sounds delicious. Here's actually. all these gift cards. Well, instead, we're deploying those resources in a more intelligent manner right, 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 and getting right. a much better result. So with so so we've got this person who's who needs help, and you're gonna just lay a lot of love and a lot of help Correct. on that person because you want them to be an ambassador. You've already targeted them as an ambassador. No, or how to, what, we've to given, help me understand sure, that. Sure, you know, as part of the um, recruitment process, we've um, announced to the employee base that there is an opportunity here for people who would like to have. Uh, a more in-depth opportunity, individualized opportunity to make a significant change in their life. So okay. we're, they're volunteering to be part of this. We would Got never it. go out there and pick, hey, so you need to lose weight, be part of this program. <laughs> no, yeah, that's Absolutely right. not. I was watching it's, you in the hallway. You know, <laughs> yeah. you could just stand and lose a few. No. Well, it might be that that person has the kind of personality. I'm, my title is ambassador. I build ambassador programs. It's a it works really good to have advocates, and so I identify who's the one percenter, and it's typically someone who's a great communicator who can rally, you know, people like them, and you kind of know that's the person. Oh yes, and they have these other challenges. Right. So you say, and they volunteer, and then there's some selection process. Yeah, you know, we tend to get. Um a large number of volunteers and we have to sift oh, through it oh. because we can't help everybody, unfortunately, and make the investment in everybody because this is a larger investment into a, a small number right. of individuals. Right. Um, so we're selecting, you know, a candidate or candidates that we feel are going to obviously have success, are going to be able to be the ambassadors a year from now for this program. And this individual that we're speaking of has lost over 100 pounds. Wow. And they are, you know, screaming How old? at the top How of old? Uh, they were early 40s. Right. Early 40s. Yeah, early 40s. Right. Uh, and I think to date it, it's been something like 130 pounds. And I mean, complete transformation. And then yeah. what happened as a byproduct, of course, this person joined the wellness committee for the organization mm. and was mm. a tremendous cheerleader going mm. forward. Mm. And then everybody else looking around, see, well, if they could do it, I can do it. And, and then so we're periodically renewing these campaigns with other people and, you know, spending this time and, and this investment. Yeah. So I think one of your questions was, how do we kind of get the naysayers? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and 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 this was um, not only one way where we got this individual that was not participating in the components because they just didn't feel comfortable. Um, it eliminated the naysayers once mm. we changed this individual's mm. life. Mm-hmm. Life, mm-hmm. so, and it has it had a profound impact on the entire population and the workplace culture. Is this is this also kind of going after the super user, which is is um, you know like Denver, Colorado, and this is from like a Malcolm Gladwell story where he was uh, looking at information of that. Uh, they found that like there was a very small group that was using a lot of resources. So there was like, you know, 20 people in town that were using three million dollars each of, of going into the hospital, coming out of the hospital, going into the hospital, coming out of the hospital. You know, uh, they were using this enormous amount of resources. And at the end of the year, the, the city looked at it and said, well, why don't we just 
if we hired them a full-time nurse and bought them an apartment, they would no longer be causing this issue. And that kind of sounds like what you're saying there is like, we took this individual who was later going to be, you know, was going to be a super user of, of, of you know, all the resources. Sure. And we just, we headed it off. We just said, if we just stop it now, we're going to save ourselves 30 years of medical bills. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we see that all the time. I mean, it's mm. a very small percentage of users that are responsible for 80% of the costs. Right. And so, yes, we are targeting those. Um, you know, now there are people that you will never change no matter what. I mean, they're so intent sure, on, sure. you know... Uh, digging their graves with their spoons or, you know, whatever else you want to use. Not heard that Um, before. Well, I mean, you know, we do have a lot of that going on. And there are people that are on one end of the spectrum that will, you know, could never be fitter. You know, that's just who they are. And then there's people on the other end of the spectrum that will never make any changes, you know, in their lives and are, you know, head head marching down. But if you can get those people in the middle, Mm -hmm. you know, to make those Mm -hmm. changes that that are on their way to Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. in that percentage. You've got a shot at changing them. Yes. And if you turn that dial just a little bit on people, you can make some tremendous change. Yeah. And the the core of the wellness program is going to target that kind of 80% underneath the bell curve that if we just tweak them a little bit and give them some opportunities that they they perhaps just never have... um, an opportunity to um, get involved in before we can make a huge difference on their lives, on the workplace culture, on the claims costs, on the on the insurance side, and controlling healthcare costs. And then that other, you know, the ten percent that's already fit and will not be more fit. That's great. Let's let's continue to support them. But then there's that other ten percent, you know, on the other side of the bell curve. That uh, that's where we look at those individualized programs and. At some point in time, you know, we have to throw our hands up, uh, but we want to, you know, provide them the opportunity. That's where that wellness ambassador program really came into play. I'm going to go back to the meditation for a second because uh, I, I, where I'm going is, is there a particular set of things that are working really well that surprised you? And I go to Headspace because I've been told my whole life, grew up in the hippie era, I mean, all around transcendental meditation, never did any of that until a year ago. And I got turned on to Headspace and I was like, huh. Why wasn't I doing this? Why didn't someone insist? And uh, I, we had um, a clinical psychologist in here who talks about meditation, and it wasn't, an, and he talked with all of his clients, and it wasn't until he had Headspace that all of them are now doing that. And it, that technology actually unlocked that important thing. Are you seeing technology having a role in other areas where you're seeing the stuff you said you knew was really good, they didn't do, but now because I've got a Fitbit or I've got an Apple Watch or I've got something like that, it's actually helping you? It was a comp, not a perfectly formed question. I, I loved it. I loved it. it yeah, good. no, it works. Yeah. Um, well, listen, uh, you did mention, you know, some of the monitoring devices. I mean, we are, like I said earlier, in a, you know, wonderful place in, in our history where technology, you know, it's both a blessing and a curse, but you've got all of these things that are coming out. I mean, you know, the uh, Apple Watch is, sure. uh, you know, doing some amazing um you know, they're making some amazing advancements towards being able to, you know, measure blood sugar levels, you know, with their optic sensor. You know, there's all these things in development right, right. that are going to continue to go down that path of allowing us to monitor ourselves. Um, you know, you, you mentioned 2023andMe, 20, if I'm saying yep, that right. Yep. You know, uh, the ability to self-diagnose, the ability to see what's going on in your life, all that stuff is, is bubbling up right now. And we're, ha- we're seeing a tremendous change in all these resources now. Yeah, and it, <clears throat> we actually had a, a client where the, it's it's a quite a young population, and technology is clearly something that drives them. And so, yeah. as part of our yeah. investigation process, that was we were trying to figure out what is the best way to communicate to these employees. And so, um, as we do, 
you know, with any work workplace, we need to understand um, how to market the wellness program to them. And so right. in this instance, technology was very, very uh, effective. We built a custom mobile app for this or for this organization. What? Every employee had a, had a company phone. So why not put an app on it? Well, You're we an can insurance push company. Our <laughs> we think outside did, the box. Yeah. No, I mean, that, <laughs> you know, that, so tell me more about that. I mean, well, that's again, and it goes back to our process. How do you design a good wellness program? It's not Let's buy the next vendor that's knocking on our door selling wellness wares. It's let's get to know our employee population and then identify mm-hmm, the things that mm-hmm. are important, the best ways to communicate to them, the best ways to deliver services to them and design around that. And so as for this client specifically, we spent we spent a, a several months up front diving deep into what's going to make this employee population tick. And one of the things we tackle is how do we get our message to them? And so it was right. clear everyone was 26 and under for yep. the most part of yep. them. You know, everyone had a company phone. They're on their they're on their phones 90% of the day, um, <laughs> doing their personal things. So let's not let's let's deliver let's use that and leverage that to get our message across. And so it, it was a very effective tool for us. Another great example of that is you know we um, f- figured out a a platform that could actually. Um, tap into people's, uh, you know, uh, just intrinsic motivators. And we created a, a tracking platform. We uh, partnered with a company that, that had the, the technology to do this. And what they did was um, we, we aligned every activity that you did earned money towards a charitable giving. So, mm. you know, if you'd go and mm. run, you, mm. you know, you'd, mm. you'd earn points that would translate mm. into uh, dollars that could then be given to your charity. And then we had uh, contests. So, because companies give away all the time, you know, they've got their own campaigns. Right. So we allowed employees to deploy those charitable dollars through their activity, hmm. and um, and it ended. And they up love, being, I bet that was hugely successful. It was. It was. Yeah, it ended up being something that that drove people to, um, you know, go and and. But I'm going to do that run. I'm going to do that workout. But it's interesting how that came about, and I think that's you know w- worth a discussion. Is that um, it's been traditional to provide cash incentives to employees, you know, to, to get them involved in wellness. Although we do that to an extent at certain clients, you know, a number of year, years ago as we were analyzing, whether, you know, which wellness program components are working well and which aren't, it, it became very clear that there was a huge expenditure to incentivize people financially to get involved in wellness. And we'd see peaks and valleys, huge peaks in participation when there's an opportunity in cash. And then as soon as that's gone, people would fall off. Exactly. And that's not what we wanted to see. So we figured, you know, how do we target their intrinsic motivators to help themselves as well as helping others. And in that came up with the incentive structure to um, deliver opportunity to, you know, from a philanthropic um, stand, viewpoint. And so that was a very effective way of, of doing it. Now you got to keep it, you got to keep it lively and keep it fresh for everybody. So it's not something that you want to do, you know, 100% of the time. It's good to sprinkle in other financial incentives or, you know, fun opportunities for employees, but um, it truly had a larger impact than simply um, giving out a cash value to employees. You're saying there's alternate incentives besides Absolutely. just direct cash. Absolutely. That, that, that feeling good about what, why you're doing what you're doing, the yeah. feeling that you get from it is maybe more valuable at Absolutely. times. Absolutely. Especially with a younger workforce. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, money doesn't make people happy, and it doesn't make them fit either. So yeah. we, we learned that it's the incentives t-shirt. are were right. just not yeah. uh, you know not as valuable. You know, uh, and and it's my job. I have to manage this wellness budget for for my clients, right? And I want to spend it wisely. And so that was another incentive for me to think outside the box. Or how are we going to get the biggest bang for our buck here? Mm. How are we going to target employees? How are we going to motivate employees? And how are we going to manage this budget long term so we can continue to deliver value? So, so it's not just the foosball table. 
<laughs> no, though I, I have a pretty mean foosball game, though. I'm gonna Dude, be honest. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Let me. Um, and I, I'm gonna switch and go over to nutrition for a sec because I think that's a, a a huge part of all of this. You know, it's a eat less and walk more. Uh, why is it that we've got Coke in the Coca-Cola in the vending machines, and what are you guys doing about sugar in the workplace? Yeah. And I mean, I I've got a pers- a huge bias against that. I think it's terrible. Well, thankfully that's changing because, you know, Coca-Cola right now is being consumed less and less and less, and they're actually worried about it. Um, So we are seeing a little bit of a sea change for people to recognize that some of these things that we grew up uh, on, you know, are not always good for you, which is good. Um, We will, in an organization, come in and kind of transform what's available in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to be careful how you do that. You can't do it overnight because there's a lot of people that are, uh, you know, going to storm the castle. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and be pretty upset if all of a sudden they they can't get their uh, you know their soda pop in the afternoon. Um, so, but what we do is we'll reduce dramatically, at, or we'll put more alternative choices that are healthy and less processed foods, or you know eliminate. And there's a lot of progressive ways to do that now. Um, We've done some consulting in uh, employee dining rooms for those that Mm -hmm, have cafeterias. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, We've mm -hmm. eliminated serving trays so that uh, people couldn't pile extra food on the tray. Uh, We've reduced the size of the serving spoons so people took less. Um, And, and, you know, what what you saw was a dramatic reduction in the, the food costs. And then you were able to use that reduction of the food cost to buy more quality food mm. that was, you know, sure. more fresh, less sure. processed, sure. nutrient-dense, um, you know, foods that are going to be uh, used. So. Yeah, and a lot of our clients will, will have made <clears throat> the commitment to delivering healthier snacks for their employees. So rather than having, you know, seeing at the reception desk uh, the bowl of, of Hershey's Kisses, we're starting to right. encourage them to, let's have a weekly fruit delivery. People have that urge for something, a snack at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m., and what we're really about is trying to make it easier to make healthy decisions and you know having in the break rooms complimentary fruit and those you know good good healthy nut choices those sort of things we're really transforming the culture as to what's available you can't as Bryce mentioned take away every unhealthy choice um, it is about individuals mm-hmm. trying to make the right choices so we're trying to make it easier to make healthier choices well, you gotta have fun in life so we do like a little moderation no we like the, yeah no absolutely I'm not I'm not religious about it at all but it, it does have a huge and I'm real simple we do workshops part of what we do is workshops and the automatic thing is When's the cookie break? When do you mm-hmm. want us to mm-hmm. do cookies? Mm-hmm. This never. I love cookies. However, I need their attention span at 2 in the afternoon. I don't need to go into a sugar crash right. at 2.30. And so let's not have cookies. And, and that doesn't mean I want to have carrot sticks, <laughs> right? Let, let's just Well, because then they'll something. put ranch there, too. You right. need no, the exa- carrot sticks <laughs> and the ranch. No, exactly. Isn't that what you need, right? Exactly. I, is, it, is it just also that, that idea of not... Of, of the convenience of the thing of like, well, I was getting the Coke in the afternoon because I, I needed to get up away from my desk and walk away for 10 minutes. Well, there's a Coke machine in the break room. So that's just, and it's not just Coke, obviously. It's everything that goes along with that of, of like, well, if we're going to go to lunch, how far away is it to, for us to walk to this place versus the Jack in the Box or that? You sure. Know, well, and if you start encouraging those sort of things, like, hey, you, we need to take breaks. And yeah, it is he- healthy right, to, right, to stand right, up right. and walk around. And we've got uh, treadmill desks at some of our clients oh, where, right, you know, yeah, people right. can sign into a workstation yep. and, and walk and do their emails. Yeah. 
uh, we're we're a big proponent of standing desks. You know, sitting is the new smoking. I've heard this. You this know? is terrifying. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there we're is, all there's, sitting by the way today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, we can yeah. just adjust yes. those yeah. up, and then we can get there. Yeah, yeah but I mean, so you know, we're big on on you know mobility. Uh, you know, we're big. We uh, just recently did a, a deal with uh, Jill Miller of the book Role Model, mm. uh, which talks uh, about you know some of the pain management things. So it's not mm-hmm. a fitness mm-hmm. thing, but you can have somebody you know, learn how to, uh, you know, manage uh, back pain and things like that, you know, for carpal you know, tunnel pain. Yeah, yeah. Sure, 20, sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, 20 seconds on their office wall, they can do some things to, to combat, you know, poor posture and, you know, different stuff like that. Two things come to mind. Part of what 805 Connect is about is making connections that we wouldn't know about. There's a startup called Desk Yogi. Just launched yesterday. And it's a spinoff of lynda.com. There are people that were at lynda.com, so they understand the power of video training. They've Client got, of ours. Client of ours. <laughs> lynda.com. Linda, great, yeah, great. great company. We, we love Linda and Bruce. Um, they've got 250 videos that while you're at your desk, you can watch these. So it's wellness program delivered. Mm-hmm. I should probably introduce you guys. Because they're, they're a, a great, that's a great program. Yeah, we'd love that. The other one that comes to mind is another startup in Santa Barbara called Fluid Stance. Have you heard of this no, guy? No, I have not. So I'll, I'll put you in touch with them. Fluid Stance has, it kind of looks like a skateboard. Uh, and you not only stand up and work, so that's, like you said, sitting's the new smoking. That's my new T-shirt because Patrick's mm-hmm. always collecting uh, ideas for T-shirts. Yep. Uh, fluid Stance is I stand on this board, so I'm also balancing at the same time. Because we can do like two or three things at once. Even as guys, we can do that, <laughs> right? My wife um, would beg to differ, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I know. I know. I'm fighting for us. Right. But I, that would be interesting to see if you had fluid stance in these companies where they have adopted yeah. that. Yeah. What's the other one? Is the treadmill desk? It's where it's mm-hmm. going at what one? Is it one mile an hour or even, not even that? You much? can control it, but uh, right. it's not for real running. slow. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not for running. It's, no, 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 uh, no, 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 It's no, not no. a running desk. <laughs> a twenty-minute <laughs> brisk walk while you're uh, still logged into your workstation. And no, I've seen, emails. I've yeah. seen only that. cap locks. Everything's in cap yeah. locks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I, last thing, uh, you guys have this process called the idea process, and you've. You've been talking about that throughout, but we haven't actually put a name around it. Why don't you tell us what that is? Because I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, and sure, and it's 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 an interesting concept. What a novel idea! It begins with the investigation phase, and, which you know, you've I talked a lot this. about. Yeah, and um, you know what a novel concept. Let's ask employees what, what they want and find out what's important to them before we yep. purchase a vendor product and spend all our wellness budget. And that's really. You know, the emphasis of, of what it is, you know, we're taking, as we you know alluded to earlier, but a deep dive to really get to know your employees, get to know your culture through that investigation phase. And once we've once we've determined what's going to make you tick, looking at your claims, are there any major areas from a health perspective that we want to make sure we target? getting a clear understanding of what best practices mm-hmm, are in the mm-hmm, wellness industry, mm-hmm. then we can make a, a, a um, we can design the wellness program, obviously the D in the idea. And yep. so that allows us to, you know, really, really feel confident about um, the recommended design of a wellness program that's going to, you know, fit the workplace culture. So, yeah, uh, then, it, go ahead. you know, with that, you know, then there becomes that whole engagement, yep. you know, so we've yep. got to spend time engaging employees. That's a and, huge one that people don't pay enough attention to. It is. And that's, yep. th- that's where right. people, um, you know, screw it up all the time yeah. is they're, oh, they're not engaging employees. Yep. They're not getting employees participating in things. And then, you know, following that up with, you know, the assess phase, which is right. really, you know, isn't working. We're right. about results right. at the end of 
the right, day. Right, if it's not right. working, then you know we'll pull the plug, uh, or you know move in a different direction. And yeah. um, and and so far we've had just great success with all these clients. Yeah, but it's you know it's very important to continue to assess that. Number one, you we talked about making that argument with finance. That's mm-hmm, you know, that's one way mm-hmm. we're going to do that. We're we're looking at it both. Um, in a quantitative and qualitative manner, though, because it's really important not to just look at numbers, at least from my perspective. An organization wants to see that, but we also need to understand, you know, what's the impact it's having on our employees' lives? Are they more satisfied at work today than they have been prior? So we're, we're helping them implement those surveys as well. Um, we're looking at all facets of the wellness program. What's our participation in thir- certain areas? How is it affecting our claims? How is it affecting our sick days and leave of absences? How has it affected our workers' compensation claims? Are we having less claims as a function of it? Are we having less claims litigated? These are all these are all areas that are proving to the success of the wellness program. Couple of things I'm thinking that we we talked about life hacking and biometrics and having devices that measure us humans. I'm curious what, what the life hack is for the company. Is it just the, the, the balance sheet, the P&L? Is there another way to measure the wellness of the company? Is there some way to do that? I don't know. Um, but that got me to thinking that we worked with Nestle a few years ago, and they said they're all about wellness. That's, you know, they started out as baby milk company. They're all about wellness. And they said, why do we have uh, the Fortune 500, which is all about the bottom line, why don't we have a wellness 500? And why don't we Mm. have wellness coaches inside companies? And why don't we pay as much attention? And this was an idea that their ad agency brought to them to say this is a way to distinguish yourself. They never did anything with it, but it was five years ago. And what you just said made so much sense. And how could we have a wellness index and how, how could you promote that and see where did I stack on wellness? And I don't know what that is or what that looks like, but that would be kind of interesting. I, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for coming and spending the time talking to us. And the person who's listening right now, think about your wellness program at your business and what you're doing for your employees. How do they get in touch with you, Bryce and Ryan? How do they find you guys? Well, it's uh, pretty easy. I mean, you can, you know, Google Tolman and Weicker, T-O-L-M-A-N-W-I-K-E-R. So Tolman and Weicker. And, um, you know, we're pretty good. Pretty easy to get a hold of from there. Yeah, we do have a section for our wellness practice at the Tolman and Weicker website. Got it. Absolutely. So. And what if they're not in the area? Do you have clients that aren't in the area? I mean, do you, how does that work? Yeah, most of our clients are, are um, national and some are oh. international. Oh. So we're, we're working, uh, you know, kind of all over the world. We've okay. got, uh, Ryan gets to take some uh, fun trips overseas on a Finland? regular basis. Uh, uh, we haven't UK, done Finland UK. yet, but we're, uh, we're open to it. Okay, Finland, so we'll the go phones anywhere. are open. <laughs> we'll go anywhere. One of the things that um, we do on the show, because it's just us recording it is, you know, doesn't matter. It's only if people listen to it. Sure. We want to get people to listen to it. And uh, part of that engagement is a really great title for the show. That will make a huge difference when they're looking at a whole list of shows. Which one do they want to listen to? And so you get first dibs on giving a title to the show. So what is? what do you think this 45 minutes is? What a great title. Mm, so, you know, I... Uh I always think of things that controversial. So, okay. how about insurance sucks? Okay, well, I'll that talk to your boss about that. Family but, programming. Uh, well, no, we uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts that uh, popped up was Philosophy Jerks, 
And I'm like, Ooh, oh, like perfect. That. Like, and you start listening to it, and you're like, you guys aren't jerks. But it catches. Wellness geeks? Yeah, wellness geeks, yeah. You know, something. Uh, yeah, we're always talking about, you know, tra- changing the name of the wellness industry. So, and because it, it does have a, a poor connotation. <laughs> what would you change it to? That's a really good question. We've been debating that for yeah, some we, ideas. We had a PR months. firm try to help us on that. And, you know, yeah. you can't, it's it's stuff to come up with anything. We love PR, good. but it's the people actually doing it. So what, yeah. what is the word that works? Well, look, for us, I mean, it really truly is about employee engagement. I mean, that's yeah. that's where our, our focus really is at heart is, you know, we do believe that if you can engage employees, uh, you know, a, a, a across a broad spectrum, you're going to have a, a better workforce and you're going to be profitable and you're going to, you know, end up, um, you know, just being a more successful business. And I think, you know, uh, sustainable. You know, Bryce and I always, uh, we have a philosophy that uh, when we're seeing clients, we always want to be that, that purple cow in the room. We want to be different. And mm-hmm. I think employers mm-hmm. should want to do that too. I mean, you know, you're trying, we're trying to differentiate ourselves. Insurance is insurance. It's a commodity, but what we deliver makes us so unique in our eyes. And we believe in our client size too. And, um, you know, I think a company that has a dynamic, you know, workplace culture truly engages employees, you know, from a wellness perspective and more, um, also is that purple cow and is really going to make a difference. So guys, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate this. A great conversation. I know it's going to make a real difference for companies. If, um, you like what you heard, send us a note. And if you've got a specific wellness program, tell us about that. We'd love to come in and, and uh, recap this story and kind of have some legs to it. So thank you again very much, Tolman and Weicker. Again, thank you for your support of the show. This is uh, it's very important welcome. to the region that you're doing that, and we, we appreciate that a lot. So I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management uh, for their support as well, and to our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press. I love, I love coming to work here. And Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. Um, 805 Connect Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We want to thank them as well. More information at 805connect.com. Look at the partners. Also look at, uh, we have put a new link up called the podcast. Yeah. So people can go and uh, find all the shows. We've, we've got so many episodes now that are really interesting and very, very diverse. We've covered a lot of topics. Patrick, how could people help us with the show? Well, as usual, we love your feedback and your critical feedback, good or bad. Uh, it's all good to us. So go into those comment fields in any of the podcast services that you're using, uh, whether it's Stitcher or Player FM or uh, Overcast, any of them, and uh, make some comments and some notes for us. Uh, we love uh, looking at them and hearing uh, the feedback from the people who are listening. Also, my recommendations for the the two hot podcasts that I've enjoyed uh, listening to from this end of the microphone are uh, Noah Benchet, which was a recent yeah. one that was really great, uh, and then the other one was Dr. Keith Witt, uh, which really blew me away. Dr. Keith Witt had me just uh, uh, stumbling over uh, my words in excitement. So those are two podcasts that are guaranteed uh, a good listen. So go back and look for those. And then what else should they do today? Oh, <laughs> do as I do. Call your moms. Tell them that you love them. I love that. Duly Call noted. Yeah. That's that's important. So I, I would love to hear from you personally, too. So um, if it's too much effort to actually go and write a comment, open up your mail. You can send me mail. Tell me what you thought about the show. You don't have to remember the address. You can literally type anything at 805connect.com. You could send it to I Love This Podcast or Mark or literally anything. I make it easy for you to send me a note. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. Conversations.